Welcome to the Calming Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Minton, psychotherapist and mindfulness coach. This podcast is designed to offer you inspiration, wisdom, and actionable steps to support you to nurture your inner light. I had the pleasure of interviewing Donna O'Shea. Donna is a compassionate and experienced gestalt psychotherapist who strongly believes in the healing powers of nature. Donna has a private practice in Ireland called Inner Wild Therapy, where her unique approach to therapy encourages clients to connect with their inner selves while immersing themselves in the beauty of nature. In this interview, Donna talks to me about her experience, her work, and allowing the imperfect within us to be. She talks about how she was brought up to be a good girl and what has been the process of unraveling the good girl that she was supposed to be into the woman that she is. I hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you for listening. It's so good to be with you. And I oftentimes start these interviews with the same question. And that has to do with your journey, because I know for myself, my journey is a really important part of why I come into the work that I come into. I'm curious to to learn more about you. And um, when you think about your journey to support others and moving more fully into their well-being... What have been important steps for you on your journey and to your greater well-being? Towards my own well-being, what's important for me? Yeah, like in your own healing journey, um, in your own journey. Yeah, breath, breath work, just breath, breathing, keep breathing. To the extent where if my son feels that I'm getting anxious or um. He tells me, he says, breathe, mommy. So he knows. Breath <laughs> work, being in nature and connection, connection with friends, with family. That's what helps me. Yeah. Yeah. And Donna, just, just as a follow-up, I'm curious, is that something you found on your own? Was there somebody who kind of helped lead you there or practices that helped lead you there? No, absolutely not. Nature was always, is part, has always been part of me. We live in a beautiful part in Ireland in and a beautiful village by the coast, Glen Bay. So always out in nature, always walking within with my sisters, with my father. So that was always part of my journey as such. Breath work came to me, breathing came to me during my gestalt psychotherapy training and connecting with others is has always been part of that. Yeah. Mm, okay. It's beautiful. And when you think about perfectionism, just that word, what comes to mind? What do you think of? It's a bit of giggles. I feel like um, even when you say it, I'm a huge part of my life. But it's part of who I am, Um, Elizabeth, because so my family, my family background is um, Catholic and brought up to be the good girl 
Um, and he interjects on that. So the interjects is that the message that I swallowed as a child, as a baby, was to be a good girl. And that's been a huge unraveling in my life and in the conforming to my, as I, I love them dearly and my parents didn't know any other way to parent, you know, and they have parented me as best as they can. And that's their belief that um, for me and my sisters, they want to, as I do for my son, to be a good person. So unraveling that has been huge. It's coming, it comes in all, all of my life. Um, in studying, I found that I'm aware of that process actually in my studying and the procrastination and studying um, or having to do something and procrastinating in that um, and the fear of not being perfect, not having the good grades, not um, dotting my eyes or crossing my teeth. Mm. And part of that in what how I became aware of my perfectionism is in my life, everything's been a challenge, which has been so, there's been so many blessings in those challenges where I didn't, I self, I've learned that I became aware that I used to self-sabotage. So it, coming up to exams or coming up to an assignment, I used to self-sabotage because I wanted to, not knowing it, but it became a habit that I wanted to make it difficult, you know, so I used to leave my study or my assignments um, to the last minute, you know. Um, yeah, so to um, putting pressure on myself, even as setting up my business has come in where I want my social media accounts to be perfect and have and the fear of judgment and the self-criticism in that. Yeah, huge. But I got over that. I've got over that fear. Because I live in a beautiful part in Kerry and it's a small community of all that fear of other things or what others would say. But I've got over that. But now I then I had to go through another challenge of I actually don't know how to work social media. I have no concept of it. <laughs> and I so appreciate your all your different examples of the way that it shows up in your life. And the ways that it's shown up in your life all the way back to when you were a good girl, right? Now, you've kind of alluded to this already, but I just want to see if there's anything else that comes up. When I think of perfectionism, I think of it as this tender attempt to manage our sense of vulnerability or to try to decrease our experience of vulnerability. I don't know if that resonates with you. Does that resonate? No. Okay. I didn't understand yeah. So I'm going to, I'll say a little bit more about what I mean. And then I'm curious what you, what your kind of your perspective is. So when I think mm -hmm. about perfectionism, I think about, okay, I'm going to try to, for example, I'm going to try to, I don't want to feel that I need to, I've worked really hard on that exam or that paper, right. That I'm going to have to turn in and then not get the grade. And so if I wait to the last minute, then I can say to myself, well, it's because I waited to the last minute. That's why I got that grade or like, that's why I was evaluated that way. And so there's this, in my mind, there's this protection there that's kind of inherent because I am less, okay, so like so-called less vulnerable if I have a reason why, or if everybody sees me as perfect, then I'm less vulnerable to being judged or something. If I judge myself first and I need to be perfect and I know I'm not, 
then I'm less vulnerable when other people judge me. So that's kind of like my thinking, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. You may have a completely different perspective on that. It's wearing a mask, isn't it? So um, we we wear a mask in society at certain times in our lives where we don't want others to see Mm -hmm. into our hearts or deep into our souls for fear of getting hurt. Yeah, so we don't want to show others our vulnerability. So we wear a mask and working with children and young people, sadly, a lot of, it's not even young people, a lot of people would wear masks to conform to the norms of society, do you know? Mm-hmm. To dress a certain way, to have the hair a certain way, to say the right words at the right time. Yeah. And so I'm curious if you can speak to how you've learned to manage or navigate perfectionism for you. And it might be going back to that breath work and some of the other things you mentioned. So even I'm now aware of doing posts on social media, I'm putting that pressure on myself to do to do a post. I'm just just recently. So I just took a few deep breaths and I thought, do you know what? Now is not the right time. So I don't put pressure on myself anymore. I don't put that pressure on to be perfect, to have the posts up at certain times, do you know? So I really, I'm really grounded. And that goes back to my breath work in being, just truly being and grounded rather than taking action and doing. And it, so it sounds like you come back to your your internal pace, your internal rhythm versus something that's prescribed, like you have to post every day on social media or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And putting less pressure on myself, even like connecting with friends or family. Mm. Like, um, and I love my family very much, but I used to put pressure on myself to phone my, my parents, you know, or to, <laughs> or to visit them or, yeah. And, and I put less pressure on myself in that space between us is more authenticity, more love, more genuine connection, rather than the have tos, rather than the letting go of the shoulds. I think that's what perfectionism is for me, it's the shoulds, so letting go of the shoulds, yeah. Rewind, reflect, renew. I've got a special year-end reflection guide to help you uncover lessons and insights, celebrate wins, and set the stage for a transformative year ahead. Let's make the most of your journey into the new year. This guide is available for a limited time only until Wednesday, January 3rd. So head over now to get it at thecalmingground.com forward slash new year 2024. And just out of curiosity, because I think some people fear that if they're letting go of the shoulds, then they somehow are just going to be disappointing others. And it sounds like, and I'm assuming this, I want to check this out with you, that in the case with your family or your friends, there was an acceptance. So there was kind of a, sounds like there's an experience that's richer. Yeah. Yeah. Because Elizabeth, going back to my way of relating to others or connecting to others and the shoulds. And mm-hmm. I used to then, would I then I would feel angry with myself or, or 
putting pressure on myself. And deep down in my heart, I would have maybe just wanted to stay at home and read a good book in front of the fire, you know, and then not allowing myself to do that. And then dead, I would be out and about with friends or family. Yeah. Yes. And also what I'm appreciating about what you're saying, it comes up for me is that sense of when we, when we allow ourselves to feel into where is my no, like today I want to be reading a book by the fire versus going out. When I have my yes, like I want to go out. That is such a deep, yeah, right? When you think about ways that maybe in your work and your journey, you have worked with others in helping them soften those edges of perfectionism or give themselves a permission to say no and then really say yes when they mean yes, all the way down, right? Like in their grounded self. What's been helpful that you've found for other people? So what comes to me immediately, I suppose, because of the last question that the shoulds I want to um, explain to people what has helped me. And I've learned this through my Gestalt psychotherapy training. So if people want to write down just three statements, I should. So just three statements, whatever comes to them. And write them down. Okay, taking a deep breath and breathing. And then if they could get another pen, another colored pen, something different, and cross out the word, the letters SH and put down a K, a curly K as my son calls it. Mm-hmm. So the word now reads, I could. Mm-hmm. So you go read statements. I should phone my I should visit my family. I should go for a walk. I should clean the house. So then now I'm changing it to, I could visit my family. I could go for a walk. And I could clean the house. So then I get clients to say, what's the difference? What What's What's changed? What are they aware of in, their, in the sensations in their bodies and how do they feel? And the awareness comes is we have a choice. So the shoulds, the perfectionism, the, the pressure to the word I could is, you know, I could visit my family. I, you have a choice. And we all have choices. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love how simple it is. And, and it's so, I mean, it's so powerful, right? To just change the should to could. And then, and so to, to segue from that or to piggyback, I suppose, when you think about the you who was the good girl or sabotaged yourself with assignments or whatever, however, that, that younger version of you was that struggled with perfectionism, didn't have the gestalt training, didn't have this awareness of the being piece as much as fully, what message do you wish or what message would you love to give her that version of you? My inner child. Yeah. My inner child, like all of us, like any in humanity with all of us, we all we want 
and I'm saying for myself, as a child, was to be seen, heard, and to be understood, belonged and loved, and that I am lovable. Yeah, and just to tell her everything's going to be okay. I love that. So I heard somebody say that um, everything is going to be okay as a platitude. But for me, it is so reassuring. I don't experience it as a platitude at all. I experience it as like, everything is going to be okay. You know, because mm-hmm. all we have is right now and right now is okay. We're okay. Yeah. Even with my son, like where he doesn't want to go to school or he doesn't want to do his swimming lessons. I don't put pressure on him. I don't, I don't, say you should you have to you have to go to school <laughs> and I'm like it's okay that's okay I hear you I understand and can we just can we just try to leave the house and and just show up that's all you have to do just just show up to the swimming essence and see what happens so I'm I'm curious Donna I didn't ask this at the beginning so I'm going to ask it now if you want to talk a little bit about what it is that you do? What is your what is your work with people? And how we know you want to speak to that at all? So my background is in I have a degree in social studies. So my background is in child protection. So I worked in an assessment unit here in Kerry, um, in child protection, and I just felt I know now it's called empathy fatigue. So. I needed a change and I was um, the psychologist that worked in the assessment unit gave me great advice about training as a gestalt psychotherapist. So I went for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the start. That was the start of where I am now. Because we have to do free accreditation and accreditation hours and so in, in that was in uh, University Limerick in the counselling department, the pre-accreditation, the accreditation I was, it was in a private practice um, in Oakwood in Limerick, run by Dick Lenehan, who is who was at the time the head of the counselling department in UL. And then I in that time I got married. Um, and then after the accreditation, I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. So the commute to Limerick was too much. So I started working in um, Kerry Adolescent Counselling Service in a town in Tralee in County Kerry. So I worked there for years. And recently, within this year, I gave up that job for the reason that I wanted to have a healthy life work balance and to be here for my son. So I'm setting up a business of working in the outdoors. My passion is nature. I, For me, nature is my healing and I want to offer it to others. So, and that's what I want. I want to bring people out in nature and let nature be the co-therapist. Walk and talk. We're surrounded by beauty in Kerry. Um, the, the beaches, the woods, the lakes were just, it's just beautiful. Just be, be in nature. And are those individual walks or is that group? So individual walks and I can do group, uh, yeah, and group work. Group work, I want to... I want to help people 
understand that they have the answers to their problems, that I want to offer self, to work with them in self-compassion, for them to really tap into their own resources and learn and be aware, not learn, to be aware of their self-love and their self-compassion and to trust them they have the answers. Ah, what important work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Donna, I'm wondering if there's any words of wisdom or something that maybe we haven't covered that feels important to share before we finish today. Is there anything that is coming up for you that you'd love to share or that feels important to share? So when I, um, when you approached me about the theme of today's topic, um, what came to me straight away, I do you know Ram Das or have you heard? Yes. Yeah. yes. So he has, I don't know it word for word, so forgive me if I don't have it word for word. But what came to me is he has a beautiful quote, and it's to do with with reference to nature and perfectionism. So when we go for a walk in the woods, we like I'm always in awe how the trees are always different and the colours are so different and how one tree could be bent and they could, one could be big and one could be thin and, and understanding the reason for that because maybe one tree didn't get enough light or maybe the wind knocked down another tree, so on and so forth. But we don't judge, do you know? We don't, we don't, we're not critical of that tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as humans, my God, we are, mm-hmm. we are judge and we're, yeah, so I suppose my message leaving today is if we could all be a tree and just mm-hmm. be all of each other and be kind and be loving and be in wonder. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that. And also a lot of times what I find is that the trees that are most curved and, you know, have had to have weathered a lot are so beautiful. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Donna, for coming on this show and for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for listening today. Subscribe to not miss another episode. And please share this podcast with a friend you think might benefit. I'd love to remind as many people as possible that they too can have the peace, calm, and rejuvenation that a little self-love and care can bring. And lastly, I'd love if you would leave me a review and let me know how I'm doing. See you next week.